0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo, joined by my co-host, Nick Polak. Nick, what's going on?
1: Doing lovely. Ready to talk some bowl games.
0: Yeah, uh, that makes two of us. And actually, that makes three of us, because we have a special edition on this episode of the pod, the last episode. We wanted it to be a little bit more fun, a little bit more silly, talking about the worst bowl games in the Big Ten. This episode, we're going to talk about the really good ones. Uh, We're going to talk about... Uh, the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Rose Bowl. we will spend a little bit of time talking about the National Championship game. We decided that for this one, it would be good to go out and get someone who actually knows a thing or two about college football. So we got our friend Matt Brown from Sports on Earth. Matt, how you doing?
2: I'm doing great, and I'm always happy to talk about bowl games. Even if you skipped me for the Bahamas Bowl and the and the St. Petersburg Bowl, which I would have been also enthusiastic about talking about.
0: Okay, so in, <laughs> do you have all the Big Ten uh, bowl games up in front of you right now?
2: I have every game in front of me, yes.
0: Okay, so in, I want 10-second previews of the bowl games that we have not talked about and we will not talk about. So the Quick Lane Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, the Pinstripe Bowl, the Foster Farms Bowl, the Music City Bowl,
2: and the Outback Bowl. Okay, feed them to me in order, and I'll give you 10 seconds on okay. them. Okay, Lane Bowl, Maryland versus Boston College. Most mediocre bowl game in the history of college football.
0: Holiday Bowl, Minnesota (laughs) and Washington State.
2: Uh, I guess it's going to be played, but I still expect Washington State to destroy Minnesota, who has like five passing touchdowns this year. Pinstripe Bowl, Northwestern and Pitt. Uh, Pitt can't defend anybody, but uh, I I like Pitt to win this one because its offense is surprisingly very good and fun to watch. All
0: right, uh, da, 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 Foster Farms Bowl, Indiana and Utah. Uh,
2: the only interesting thing about this game is the part where Joe Williams came out of retirement and is fourth in the Pac-12 in rushing despite retiring for four games. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Music City Bowl, Nebraska and Tennessee. I I picked Nebraska even though I, Tommy Armstrong's hurt, Jordan Westerkamp's hurt. Tennessee has been such a disaster and – Uh, I never would have thought Bob Shoup would go to a team that would be a disaster in the Music City Bowl when Penn State would be in the Rose Bowl this year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, we actually talked about this on the last episode, just the beauty of uh, Tennessee's last game of the regular season being in Nashville, and they lost, and now they have to go back to Nashville because they lost that game. Um, And they
2: gave up 45 points to
0: Vanderbilt, whose offense is not something that scores 45 points ever. Well, I mean... In fairness, they have Zach Cunningham, but he's a linebacker, so that doesn't matter at all. Uh, I if, mean,
2: Vanderbilt's offense might be better if they put Zach Cunningham at running back. Not that yeah. Ralph Webb isn't good, too. I was, yeah.
0: was going to say, you might have just stumbled onto an idea that I really love. Uh, but Zach Cunningham's going to go to the NFL, and he's going to be much better than anyone anticipates him being. Whatever. Last one. The fun one. The Outback Bowl. I won Florida this time. It's for real.
2: My... Prediction for this game in my original bull picks was Florida 12, Iowa 11, which was only half-joking because I just wonder if there's going to be more punts or points, and I can't wait because it's going to be glorious. And Florida, half its defense is injured and half its team is injured, but it still plays good defense, and I don't know what to make of Iowa. So I don't know if the Iowa that showed up against Michigan or the one that showed up against Penn State will be in Tampa. We'll see. Yeah, yeah that's a – that
0: that's actually makes it kind of like the perfect, uh, perfect game to watch before the Rose Bowl with you know Penn State running its uh, four verts offense and USC just doing whatever the hell it wants to because USC's offense does whatever the hell it wants to. So I won't be
2: disappointed if the there's not twenty punts in Florida. I will like I'm actively rooting for that. <laughs> I want to watch that. <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to watch a second of that game, but I do think
0: that you might be onto something with that one. Uh, speaking of uh, Iowa and their season, let's uh, get into our uh, actu- uh, our predictions of the games that are going to actually be uh, marquee by talking about Michigan, uh, which very obviously should not even uh, be playing in uh, the Orange Bowl against Florida State because they stopped JT Barrett. Uh, they would have gone on to just destroy uh, Wisconsin – so much so that they took the number one seed from Alabama, uh, but there's this big conspiracy against Michigan, something that uh, only us Michigan men are aware of. And now they're stuck playing a Florida State team that doesn't even deserve to be in the same field as Michigan. I think I did that right. I'm not sure. I've been reading comment sections. This,
1: this this all this all checks out.
0: This all checks out. All right, awesome. So for I won't, this, I won't, I I won't disprove any of this. So yeah, yeah, all right. I think I did it. Uh, so for this one, I pick Florida State. Um, for no reason other than I just want to see Dalvin Cook end his uh, awesome, awesome college career uh, with a win. And I think it would be fun to watch uh, Michigan lose to a Florida State team that came into this year. A lot of hype. Uh, Matt, I think you had them winning the ACC and potentially making the playoff, right?
2: I had them in the national title game. So, yeah, they were a disappointment. I mean, they lost to North Carolina close. They lost to Clemson close and... They got destroyed by Louisville, which is why I don't know why Florida State is in the Orange Bowl, and I wish this was Lamar Jackson against the Michigan defense, but Dalvin yeah. Cook versus the Michigan defense is a pretty good consolation. Yeah, Dalvin, DeAndre Francois. Like, this is still a good yeah. matchup. Michigan oh, yeah. Florida State sounds really attractive. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. so th- this game has potential, I think, to get pretty interesting. Um, both of these defenses, uh, I think, will do a good job against the opposing offenses, uh, Florida State's defense isn't, you know, an otherworldly group. Like Michigan's uh, kind of is, you know, 5.1 uh, points per game by s and Plus. But Michigan's offense, I think they're pretty bad. Uh, even with a healthy Wilton Spade, I don't think this is an especially good uh, offense. So, Nick, I have Florida State. Michigan is probably the smarter pick. What do you have happening in this one?
1: I have Michigan with <laughs> thirty-one points on it. Wow! Okay. Uh, I'm yeah. I I just I foresee some difficulties for DeAndre Francois against the Michigan defense. Um, uh, obviously, against the passing defense, being that Francois is a quarterback. Um, but I I is, even though I put a lot of points on it, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm like super super confident because Dalvin is good enough to win a game on his own if he really 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 wants to. But there's also the matter of this will be Dalvin's last game at Florida State. So uh, in a game that kind of, I, Florida State kind of lucked themselves into and Michigan just fell into, it's the kind of game where it's you could see a situation where a guy maybe takes gets nicked up early on and he says, nope, I'm done, I'm not ruining my draft stock for this. So I'd be a little worried about that with Dalvin. Really a lot of the Michigan guys, too, in that regard, but... Although, their coach is Jim Harbaugh, so he won't allow that to happen. Well, I, uh,
0: again, I think you're uh, forgetting the fact. Uh, let me just look this up really quickly. Uh, oh, no, the Colts won today. So, uh, Jim Harbaugh to Indianapolis. Colts well. The Colts have been playing well. The Colts haven't played yeah. well. Yeah, they're 7-7 seven and seven of the season, though. Uh, there's still a chance, I guess, that they... Uh, miss the playoffs because they have to play the Raiders and the Jags team that will be playing for uh, assistant coach Jeff Fisher at that time. So if they're able to put that all together, uh, I think it's possible that they go seven and nine, and our dream of Jim Harbaugh going to Indianapolis comes true. But uh, but it could
1: be it could be Jim Harbaugh Jacksonville head coach now.
0: Oh God,
1: I don't God. know why he would go there. But.
0: yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, Matt, you're you're pro- you have Michigan, I believe, winning this one.
2: I have Michigan winning straight up. I picked Florida State to cover the six and a half. Uh, I I do – I just don't think Florida State's offensive line will be able to match up well enough with Michigan's defensive front. Michigan did show some cracks against the run. You know, Ekrem Wadley had a good game for Iowa against Michigan. Michigan State did some damage with the run game. You know, Ohio State ran for over 200 yards. So, it's possible Dalvin Cook – could find some room, but I just think Michigan's defense will probably overwhelm the FSU offensive line. The FSU's defense has gotten better over the course of the year, the disaster they were in September. But I, I just, Michigan's defensive front is, their whole defense is dominant. You know, they they don't allow anything on the outside at cornerback uh, with Jordan Lewis and Channing Stribling. And I, I don't know. I, 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 don't trust the Michigan offense necessarily either and Dalvin Cook's the best offensive player in this game uh but I I picked Michigan I think it was still hard to pick against the better defense in this one just because Florida State's offensive line is, is mediocre and there's a chance Michigan could stuff the run game a little bit and if that's the case then I don't see Francois having much success even though he's really talented
0: oh yeah if Florida State can't run the ball this game is kind of over yeah um I don't know why I think they can. I think it's mostly because I just want them to be able to do this, uh, partly because it would be funny, but also because like I legitimately want to see Dalvin Cook, who somehow with 1,620 rushing yards and 18 touchdowns, and through the air he caught 31 balls for 451 yards and a touchdown, he was somehow underrated this year. Like when people were putting out their Heisman uh, watch list and they were putting out – uh, just all these various awards, it didn't seem like Dalvin got nearly the love that he was supposed to. And part of me thinks that just fuels him. Like he was outstanding this year and he just hasn't gotten the love mostly because after uh, Louisville smacked up on uh, on Florida State, everyone just kind of started forgetting about the Seminoles. Uh, it looked like maybe they would be able to get some momentum behind them uh, once they uh, like if they were able to beat Clemson weren't able to do that. Finish out the year pretty well, but yeah, I, I'm just cheering for that at this point. I just want Dalvin Cook to get one last big game before he heads on to. Uh, oh wait, uh, he's going to the NFL, right?
2: He hasn't uh, announced yeah. it, but I, there's no that. way he won't. You know, yeah, a guy like that, he's gonna be. He's gonna be. He's a first round pick, so yeah, he'll be. So, yeah.
0: so whatever, uh, whatever ends up happening, I just want it to be good for Dalvin Cook. I want him to get this one last moment, and if there is a moment at the end of the game where it's like 28 to 27 Michigan. Now we'll go 28-24 Michigan, Florida State's on the goal line, there's 1 second left and it comes down to whether or not Dalvin or, is able to run through Jabril Peppers or Jabril is able to take Dalvin down. Like I really want that. I just want like one of those really cool college football moments where We're seeing a guy. That is a very
2: specific bold dream, Bill. This this is a very specific bold (laughs) dream. But,
0: like, I don't think you understand how frequently I just wish for bad things to happen to Michigan. So, no comment. (laughs) Yeah, well, you you, you have to pretend to be impartial. I'm kidding. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) that's, uh, that's the Orange Bowl. It should be a weird one. It should be a fun one. It should be one that I hope Florida State wins. Uh, moving on to wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, they yes. are getting Nick is get, uh,
0: also for those of you who didn't listen to our earlier podcast uh, this week. What Nick is doing is he is also going in and looking at the bowl gifts uh, for every bowl game. Some have been really good, some have been incredibly bad. Uh, there have been things like the Quick Lane Bowl, which is giving away life-sized fat heads of everyone who is competing in a game between Boston College and uh, Maryland. Then there have been others where it's just like you're getting a backpack and a watch. So, Nick, what are the kids getting for this one?
1: They're getting the gift suite, a Torneo watch, and a shit mini helmet. So, yeah. not great.
0: Do uh. We think the Orange Bowl would do something a little more fun than that. Uh, I've never heard of Torneo, though. That's, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I was going to look that up, actually, after I read it.
0: Huh. Oh, well, moving on uh, to a game that... This may end up being the game of the bowl season, Ohio State, against Clemson. The two teams are playing in the Fiesta Bowl for the right to go lose to Alabama in the national championship game uh, on December 31st for some reason in Glendale, Arizona. This is a matchup of two teams that, like, it almost seems like both of them have kind of kind of just kept something in the tank. Uh, I wrote this over at Uproxx. It's kind of felt like, Matt, neither of these teams have really... Uh, played up to the standard that we all think they're capable of, and I think that this could be the game where Clemson and Ohio State just throw it all out there, and we watch as these two teams basically go blow for blow for sixty minutes.
2: Yeah, I you know I think it's two you know two teams that have had trouble throwing downfield. Both J T. Barrett and Deshaun Watson, you know, two Heisman finalist quarterbacks. Barrett two years ago, Watson the past two years. You know, both had trouble making things happen downfield, especially Barrett, who only averages about seven yards per attempt. And Ohio State's offensive line's had some issues, pass blocking, Clemson's had issues, run blocking. Um, so there's, these are good off talented offenses, but there's been some holes. And, you know, despite losing most of their starters, both of them only have three, four starters back on defense this year. Their defense has been fantastic. Uh, so, you know, good pass rushes, just, you know, five star talent everywhere. Clemson's recruited at a very high level, uh, so, yeah, it should be a, a really good game to figure out which defense better kind of exposes the weakness of the opposing offense. Because, yeah, neither team has clicked 100% of the time this year. Uh, but, you know, ultimately they're both one-loss teams in the playoff, and they're both really good, and they both have – recruit really well and have a lot of talent and have talented quarterbacks. So I picked Clemson to win this game, uh, Ohio State's favorite. I like Clemson just because I think I'm trusting Deshaun Watson more despite his. Turnover problem this year, which could hurt them, because Ohio State forces turnovers and turns them into touchdowns all the time. Uh, But I just, I think Ohio State's weakness on offense is a little bit greater unless Clemson turns the ball over four times. Yeah, and you mentioned the downfield passing game. Like with Ohio State,
0: it seemed to it seemed to me more like the issues have just been their receivers can't do much of anything. Like, it's kind of amazing. They, these dudes just can't get separation. Meanwhile, with Clemson, their issue has been that Watson is, a lot of the times, he's heaving it down the field and it's just getting picked off, which for Deshaun Watson is something that I think is coming kind as of a bit of a surprise to everyone. I, I do think that whichever quarterback, like, this does probably come down, in my opinion, to a quarterback duel. And whichever quarterback is able to minimize those mistakes are the, is the one who's going to be playing uh, a week later against Alabama. Uh, but yeah, like I just, like I just have had this feeling since it was announced that we're like both of these teams are just going to play all out. It's going to be even all game. One of those games that maybe comes down to probably comes down to the last team to have the football. And I think this has the potential to be the best game of the bowl season. I have Ohio State winning. Uh, Mostly because I trust Urban Meyer when he has a month to prepare for an opponent to come up with a game plan that is able to take advantage of his team's strengths and exploit the opposing team's weaknesses. Uh, I have five points on this one. Uh, Nick, what do you have?
1: I have Clemson with six points. Uh, Like you said, in a game like this, I think it comes down to the quarterbacks. And just at, well, I'll say, I'll expand that to say the passing game in general. Like you said, the Ohio State receivers this year have been pretty bad as a whole. I mean, Noah Brown seven seven touchdown catches this year, but four of those, I believe, came in the Oklahoma game. So, I mean, outside of Curtis Samuel, not no one in the receiving core has really done much of anything for J.T. Barrett. J.T. Barrett himself hasn't been very good as a passer this year. His deep ball still, has, I mean, his deep ball was never the most important or the best part of his game, but he looks to have taken a step back and even with Watson's turnovers having increased this year, if if if, if there's a game on the line, I'm choosing Watson as my quarterback over Barrett, yeah. no doubt. No yeah. doubt. And and that's coming from me who said JT Barrett was my preseason Heisman candidate. But um, but yeah and then the, the Clemson wide receiver core is just so, so much better than what Ohio State's gonna be running out to. So in a game like this, I think I could see Ohio State winning, and if that happens, it'll be because of something Maloney Cooker does. But I think I, I, in a game like this, I'm going to go with the quarterback I trust, and that's Watson.
0: Totally fair. Totally fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like I don't understand why Ohio State isn't kind of doing everything they can to get the ball in Curtis Samuel's hands in fun ways, but this could also be a game where they finally break that out. Who the hell knows? I mean... On the other side, then there's Mike Williams, who is just a dang unicorn, and he's fantastic, and he's gonna be he's gonna do some fun stuff against an Ohio State secondary that is pretty good. So
2: yeah, Mike Williams versus Marshawn Lattimore,
0: if they match up a lot, is pretty
2: much as good as there is in both seasons.
0: Yeah, it. I, I'm excited. I just cannot wait for this one to happen. Uh, Matt, what did you have uh, for your pick in this one?
2: Uh, I picked Clemson with. Confidence of five. Against the spread, I had Clemson confidence 35. Wow. What's the spread uh, I on this one? To win. When I picked it, it was uh, three and a half for Ohio State. Okay. Um, I picked it Clemson by six, 34-28. All right. Yeah. Uh,
0: and does Ben to do something that gets him potentially thrown out of this game?
2: <laughs> no. Because I think he's aware of the significance too much. He doesn't want me- <laughs> if you get And if you get... You know, thrown out of the game in the second half, then you're suspended for the first half of the national championship game. Nobody wants that to happen to them. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm, one
0: last thing. Uh, the thought of Dexter Warren's, Christian Wilkins, and Carlos Watkins doing some stuff against an Ohio State uh, offensive line that was unable to keep Penn State out of its backfield. It, it seems like that has the potential to be a problem. Uh, but I there's like why I picked Clemson right there. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, again, that's wise. I, I'm. This, this pick is 100% based on the fact that I trust Urban more than I trust Dabo. Uh, and Counterpoint.
2: They've played in a bowl
0: game once and Clemson beat them. This is true. This is true. You guys are doing a really good job making me second-guess
2: myself, but whatever. <laughs> uh, let You move. picked Ohio State. You don't need to second-guess yourself. Ohio State usually wins football games. That's that <laughs> true. A, yeah. Uh, actually, I
0: was thinking about this when we brought it up. This game is fun because... Uh, Pitt has a win over one of these teams and a direct transitive property win over another one. So I'm very excited to watch Pitt fans. um, So what you're saying is Pitt
2: should win the national championship. Pitt has the rightful spot against Alabama. That's what you're saying.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God, I want that. I wish we got that game. Uh, Just like in general, like they did like a schoolyard thing. Actually, have you guys – it was – which podcast was it? It was the shutdown fullback that thinks that – Pennsylvania Voltron should play against. Pitt. Yes, it is uh, playing against yeah. Alabama. Uh, so Pitt's uh, funky running game, Penn State's passing game, and Temple's just and overall Temple. grittiness against <laughs> Alabama.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Which
0: I, I would bet large sums of money that Alabama still wins that game by like twenty-one, but it would still. I would enjoy Saquon Barkley behind Pitt's offensive line, with Trace McSorley just heaving the ball all over the place and. <laughs> you know, the temple fighting spirit that we've come to know and love. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to watch Pit fans rationalize that they have a right to play in the national championship game based on either a direct or an indirect win over the team that wins this.
1: Moving on. Oh, wait, no, no, Nick, no. Nick,
0: Nick. Yes, go ahead. My fault.
1: So for this one, it says Gift Suite or PS4 Game and Accessory Bundle, the game sponsored by PlayStation. I, I'm going to choose to think that that means they get to choose. So maybe they're saying if you have a PS4, you get to choose the PS4 stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, you also get an Ogio—I'm assuming is how you say it—Ogio Throttle Backpack, which is a really intense name for a backpack. Um, you get a fossil watch, and then you get a football. Ooh, I'm looking at just a, a nor, just a normal football.
0: Yeah, Ogio Throttle Backpacks are actually pretty nice. Um, they these are the exact kind of things that you could like put as, you know, you could like stow under your seat on an airplane. So I may have to look into getting one of these. Moving on, uh, Cotton Bowl, Wisconsin against Western Michigan. I, uh, I, when I said on our last edition of the pod with Ty Hildenbrandt that I'm excited for this game, he asked me why. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Matt, maybe you, uh, maybe you agree with Ty that I think this has the potential to be a
2: really fun game. I think it could be a good game. I don't know. I don't think of Wisconsin as particularly fun. Like that's nothing against them. It's just their style. Their their offense is is mediocre. You know they have a good they have some good offensive linemen like they usually do. Uh, Corey Clement can be fun, but you know their offense has been overall. I mean, kind of mediocre. And Western Michigan, look, I, I'm absolutely think Western Michigan deserves a spot and all that. But you know the MAC was pretty bad this year, and somebody cares to see how Western Michigan performs against a defense uh, like Wisconsin's. I mean. So, yeah, there's definitely fun matchups here. You know, Corey Davis, the Western Michigan yep. receiver against Sojourn Shelton, the Wisconsin corner. Uh, even And especially after watching Penn State just chuck it deep and have success every time it did it against Wisconsin. You know, maybe Western Michigan will try some of the same stuff Penn State did. And, you know, PJ Fleck, still, we thought PJ Fleck would be coaching somewhere else by now. Uh, he's still there. So it's not one of those teams that loses his coach, has an interim coach for the bowl game. Uh, so yeah, you know Western Michigan's out recruited the rest of the MAC. They have good players on offense. Zach Terrell, the quarterback, has um, thirty-two touchdowns and three interceptions. Although two of those interceptions came in the MAC title game, where they were kind of sluggish against Ohio. So I I picked Wisconsin to win this by fifteen. Um, I think it's just overwhelmingly the best defense Western Michigan has seen. The MAC's bad. You know Western Michigan beat Northwestern at the beginning of the year. Northwestern was terrible at the beginning of the year. They beat Illinois. Illinois was terrible all year. So, you know, nothing, again, Western Michigan's 12-0, they They're 13-0. They're a very good team, have good players, Uh, but if Wisconsin doesn't mail it in, which I don't think they will, I just think Wisconsin's just the more complete team and will probably overwhelm them at some point.
0: Yeah, uh, the the one thing that I think could potentially um, be a wild card is there's a chance that uh, Barry Alvarez coaches this game because for some reason there are people talking about Paul <laughs> Crist with the Los Angeles Rams, which, uh, sure. Uh, but yeah, I what you said, Matt, about how the last game Wisconsin played, their secondary got carved up by an offense that likes to put the ball through the air. Well, Western Michigan is fifth na- fifth in passing SP Plus nationally on the offensive side of the ball. I really like Zach Terrell. I think he's been Really, really good for them this year. And then Corey Davis is just outstanding. So I think there is the possibility that if Wisconsin is still a little bit rattled, like they're able to do some really, really fun stuff here. If not, like, sure, I I mean, I think we all agree that in any single Wisconsin game, the potential for a, you know, 17 to 10 gross slugfest is there. So I think there's a lot of ways this game could potentially go. I'm very interested to see how the Western Michigan rushing defense, which is ninety fourth in defensive s&p plus, is able to go up against uh the big 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 dudes on uh Wisconsin's offensive line and then Corey Clement and Bradrick Shaw, just the talented group of running backs that Wisconsin has. Uh I I I think uh, yeah, I'm I'm going all in on Western Michigan. I have them with 14 confidence points. Uh, Nick, what are uh, what are you thinking with this one?
1: I have Wisconsin with 39 confidence points. Woo! Kind of like, kind of like Matt said, this is far and away the best defense that Western Michigan's faced this year. Um, really, the only win that Western Michigan's had that you look can look at and say, all right, that's that's pretty impressive is the win over Toledo. And even that, I mean, Toledo's a pretty good team, so that. That that counts, but yeah, Wisconsin is just for of all the teams that Western Michigan could have been playing, it's probably their best chance to. It's probably their best matchup, their best chance to win it. But in all, in a in a different way, it's not because of all the teams they could have played, Wisconsin's like the most. I know one of the reasons that you want this game is that. You want to see Western Michigan beat a team that's like a traditional like run straight at you, play big defense, big dudes up front, because you want them to be. I know you said you want that to like prove to everyone that Western Michigan is for real, but I think that's the reason why they lose. Because I, in that regard, I don't think it's a good matchup for them. They just they won't be able to stack up against uh, Watt and Beagle and then that big offensive line. So I think Wisconsin wins pretty handily.
0: That that is something that interests me. Like, Western Michigan ran the table 13-0. They didn't show too many cracks in the armor. I mean, Northwestern, the win expectancy was 35%. Uh, The MAC championship game didn't exactly go great for them. Uh, They ended up winning 29-23, but I think everyone wanted it to be a little bit more convincing. But they didn't even sniff uh the... I, not even the playoff. They didn't even at the top 10. Like, this is a team that I think is coming into this game really fired up, uh, really motivated, wants to try and make some kind of a statement. And even if they weren't doing that, they are coached by a uh, legitimately crazy person, PJ Fleck. So that would happen anyway. Uh, I think they're going, they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin. Kind of is like uh, you know what okay whatever we'll just play a football game now. I, I again I just have this weird feeling about Western Michigan winning this, even though I know they probably should not win this football game. Uh, Matt, what's the spread on this one?
2: Uh, Wisconsin by eight, which yeah, I think that's reasonable. You know, yeah. I, I just I expect Wisconsin to take over the game in the trenches on both sides, and that's where I, yeah. you, again you never know. You've mentioned it, motivation in bowl games makes bowl games like. Impossible to pick sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I don't think this is, you know, Boise State versus Arizona or uh Houston, Florida State, where Florida State last year just kind of couldn't run the ball and had injuries at quarterback. I just think Wisconsin's physicality will probably take over the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally fair. Uh. Let's wrap this one up once Nick tells us uh, what the kids are getting.
1: Sadly, the Cotton Bowl would not disclose their gifts.
0: Uh, well. That's yeah, that's lame. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on to the game that I think everyone listening to this podcast cares about the most. Uh, the Rose Bowl, Penn State against USC. Uh, if you are scripting a a football game for something like the Rose Bowl, you want it to be against the two hottest teams in America. And they're probably right now are not two teams that are much hotter than Penn State and USC. This game is probably more than any game uh in the big 10 slate save for probably uh ohio state clemson has the potential to just get completely absurd uh i put usc winning this one and i put one confidence point in it just because my usual penn state pessimism came in uh nick what are you uh what are you feeling with this one
1: i had penn state with uh i think i I, i've been shuffling things around as we've been doing this. So it's actually now down to 16. I had it at 22 when we started this, but um, they're down to 16 points on Penn state at this point.
2: All right. And Matt, what do you, uh, what do you have for it? I ended up picking Penn state to win. My confidence on straight up is only four, uh, but I picked him 34 against the spread, you know, getting Penn state, getting a touchdown right now. I mean, just the way the offense is playing. It's like, sure. I'll take that touchdown, you know? Uh, you know, nobody had scored more than two touchdowns against Wisconsin in regulation in the regular season. Twelve games, Penn State scored five in like sixteen minutes in a, in a portion of that game. <laughs> I mean, look, USC's really talented in the secondary. You got Dory Jackson. You, you got a lot of talent on that team. Their defensive front replaced six starters entering this year, but they've gotten better over the course of the year. We saw them overwhelm Washington a few weeks ago. We know Penn State's offensive line can be overwhelmed, but. You know, nobody's done better at adjusting to that. Joe Moorhead has found ways around that. So if USC keys on Barkley, you know, they're going to start going over top and uh, Penn State is deep, at re- deep and underrated at receiver nationally. So, and, and you know, the way Penn State's defense has played as well, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a fun matchup. USC's offensive line is in better shape than it's been in recent years. Sam Darnold, the quarterback, moves around more than USC quarterbacks have. He's going to be a Heisman candidate next year. But, you know, I picked Trace McSorley as the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year last week. And, and, uh, you know, he's averaging ridiculous numbers per completion, averaging over nine yards per attempt, second only to Baker Mayfield among Power Five quarterbacks. So... I don't know. I had a hard time picking against Penn State at this point. Like, I thought i have been negative enough about them this year <laughs> that it's like, you know what? They're just on a roll. They're playing great. They're they're getting better and better. They have a quarterback who's just playing out of his mind. Receiving core playing out of their mind. Sa- Saquon Barkley still Saquon Barkley. So I picked Penn State to win by um, a few points. By two points. 37-35, which would be an entertaining game. Oof. So, uh, you know, And just think, back in, you know, I've said this before, back in September, if you would have said Penn State-USC in a bowl game, that would have sounded like the Foster Farms Bowl. Like, how far they've come since then. They went 3-5 and combined in September. Neither team has lost since September. They both have big wins. Penn State beat Ohio State and Wisconsin. USC beat Washington uh, and Colorado. So, this is just... Really, really fun with two teams that are going to have really high expectations next year too.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing that you didn't mention, Matt, is that USC closed its, closed its season by beating Notre Dame, a Notre Dame team which, of course, went four and eight. And apparently, Brian Kelly is in the process of trying to uh, interview Al Borges, Which they're... I think that
2: was. I think that's been disputed. I don't think that that's actually oh,
0: happening. Oh God. Because that here's the thing. If Brian Kelly were to actually interview and hire Al Borges, that would be the clearest sign that we have that Brian Kelly does not want to coach at Notre Dame anymore. But neither here nor there. Uh, Nick, one thing that I found interesting that Matt was bringing up was talking about how just hot Penn State is right now. It seems like uh, Penn State's a team that is, you know, just doing the ridiculous on a weekly basis. The flip side of that, though, is USC has been – the West Coast version of Penn State. I mean, they started one and three. Admittedly, it gets a pretty uh, tough schedule. You know, they got destroyed by Alabama. uh, Going on the road at Stanford uh, when uh, when you haven't really figured yourself out yet, it's pretty tough. And then going on the road to Utah is one of the more underrated, tough places to play in college football. But since then, Sam Darnold has came in, given that offense a shot in the arm. And for whatever reason, that quarterback change has seemed to really give a spark to the entire team, offense, defense, everything. So when you're looking at this game, what is the, for? Well, we'll just talk Penn State. What is the matchup that Penn State has to win if it wants to win this football game?
1: Um, if I think the, I mean, Penn State's recipe for success for winning games over this latter half of the season has been throwing the football, obviously. So I think it has to be mcsorley against adory jackson and the usc secondary um they've penn state shown at this point that they they would prefer to win by riding saquon barkley if they can but they haven't really been able to do that lately and with brendan man now officially out for the bowl game the offensive line is still it's they've been fine as placeholders but it's not the unit that was actually getting to be a pretty major strength of the team towards the midway point of the season. But without Mann and without uh, Palmer and without Nelson, I don't, I just don't think there's enough on the offensive line to give Barkley consistent lanes. So I think it comes down to that passing game.
0: Interesting. And Matt, uh, let's go on the flip side for a second. If USC wants to win this game, what's the matchup they have to win?
2: Probably the same thing. Prevent... from. Prevent Gasecki and Godwin and suddenly Saeed Blacknall and everybody else in that Penn State receiver depth chart from going up and just catching every one of those jump balls forty yards downfield. I mean, do what Wisconsin didn't do because if Penn State didn't do that, then you know they lose the Big Ten title game. And uh, so if you can slow down that those deep balls, and because I, I think the USC can probably. I don't know. We'll see if Barkley gets a crease. He can always have an 80-yard run at any moment. But I think they can do a decent job on the Penn State running game. Penn State needs to convert downfield a little bit, given the state of the offensive line. Um, So I I think that is the key. And maybe you know, McSorley has not only been throwing downfield a ton, but he doesn't throw interceptions either. So if USC can actually turn some of those deep balls into interceptions or whatever, you know, that's going to give them a much, much, much stronger chance of winning, because if Penn State gets hot, they've just been unstoppable lately. Yeah, and that's kind of what I, I think worries me. I mean, the
0: good news for Penn State is by uh, the quarter S&P plus numbers. USC's is awesome, awesome, awesome team in the first half. Uh, fifth on offense in the first and second quarter, 18th and fourth uh, on defense. Kind of fall off a little bit in the second half, and we've seen Penn State follow the script time and time again, get into halftime, get it into just a weird place, you know, two possessions, something like that, and then just come out and just bring the rain on the opponents. I mean, Penn State's quarter three and quarter 4 SP S&P plus on offense is second best in the nation. The defense goes from a pretty solid defense quarters one through three to being unstoppable in the fourth quarter. So... And we've said this time and time again on this podcast, on the site, on social media, everything. Penn State keeps this one close going into the fourth quarter. You have to like their chances. The thing that I think worries me uh, a little a little bit more than usual is just the variety of ways that USC can use Adoree Jackson. I think that what everyone thinks Jabril Peppers is, Adoree Jackson is that. They just don't. I wish they used him on offense a little bit more just because that would be fun, but that's neither here nor there. If he's able to break one or two in the return game, I think that that has the potential to really rattle Penn State just because we haven't really seen them have to bounce back from a team just dominating them on special teams in any way. Uh, Also, Juju Smith-Schuster is awesome, and I'm legally required to say that whenever I'm talking about him. Uh, Hasn't had the year that... I mean, seven eighty-four and nine touchdowns is pretty good, but every uh, people were probably still thinking it would be uh, a little bit more out of him. Still, this game is going to be fun. Uh, this one's game is going to be really, really silly. Get to the fourth quarter. If it's within one, maybe even two possessions, Penn state probably ends up winning this game just because Penn state always ends up winning the games when that happens. So yeah, trace McSorley and Sam Darnold, please give us a fun one. Uh, Last one that we're going to talk about here uh, could potential. Uh, oh yeah! God damn it! One of these. Maybe for the national championship game, I'll remember to shut up, even though I know there's nothing like good for the national championship game.
1: Maybe. Uh, yes, for the Rose Bowl, you get a gift suite, fossil watch, um, Ogio backpack, a New Era 950 snapback adjustable hat. Oh, yeah, not bad. So yeah, yeah that's
0: okay. Uh, national championship game. It could potentially include a Big Ten team. I'm the only one that thinks it does. we uh, are skipping the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Eh, you know what? Screw it. Let's talk about the Sugar Bowl. Uh, I picked Auburn.
2: Everybody's picking Oklahoma. That's why I said so.
0: Yeah. Well, who did? I think I ended up picking uh, Oklahoma now. Yeah, I picked Oklahoma. Uh, mostly because Baker Mayfield is the best. I just love ba- Everything that I loved about Matt McGoy. Baker Mayfield does, except it's turned up like to fifteen or twenty percent more,
2: and it's fantastic. So yeah, uh, yeah, we can just quick. I, my point about Auburn is that like nobody's really noticed that Auburn's defense is like good now, and their fifth in the nation points allowed. And Oklahoma has not faced a good defense since Ohio State destroyed them on their home field, and Oklahoma is definitely. Obviously, very good and has great running backs and a, and a Heisman candidate quarterback and a Heisman candidate receiver. We know they could score a lot, but if Auburn is healthy on offense, which is a big if, because Sean White's had shoulder problems at quarterback, Cameron Petway, the running back, was having a m- massive season and he got hurt. But you know, White's not great, but when he was healthy and they had a threat of passing the ball, they started run the ball all over the place. Oklahoma's defense isn't very good. You know, they went nine and zero in the Big Twelve, but nobody could stop them. Um, I. I believe West Virginia might be the only team in the Big Twelve in the top fifty nationally in scoring defense. There might be <laughs> none of them. Might be just it's just West Virginia. Oh, okay. so I think <laughs> Auburn's defense is good enough that they can give Oklahoma more problems than they've seen. And if Auburn's healthy on offense, I think Auburn has a chance to win. I, right? you know, it's possible Oklahoma will just if o- Auburn's offense isn't healthy and can't find a gear, then Oklahoma might win by thirty. Yeah, but I don't know. Their defense it's- is very mediocre, and it just hasn't been exposed because they've scored so many points in the Big 12. Let's let's just for one second talk
0: about uh, West Virginia, just because the West Virginia-Miami game has my single favorite subplot of any bowl game that is being played, which is that there is a recruit who is currently (laughs) um, committed to uh, West Virginia. Uh, I'm looking up his name right now because I... uh, Let's see. Michael Hartley, a four-star... Uh, running back from Florida, who is uh, – oh, damn it. He said that won't game won't decide his future. God damn it. But yeah. Well, I picked Miami, so maybe he's going to Miami. Yeah. Well, he the, the story was he was committed to uh, – he is committed to West Virginia. He is still committed to West Virginia. Three, four-star wide receiver out of St. Thomas Aquinas High School in Florida. There was a ru- rumor going around, first by ES – Twenty four seven. Then by noted ESPN bad joke involving Oklahoma maker Brett McMurphy that uh, the game would decide where this recruit went to college, which that is my that is the best damn thing. Like I picked West Virginia mostly because I think that would be very sad for uh, a a school that the Philippa family has ties to, but more importantly, like. I wish more recruits did dumb things like this because basing your future on the result of a bowl game that features West Virginia and Miami that neither team's going to really care about is just awesome. Uh, but yeah, but that's a that's a thing that is happening, and I or that was supposedly happening, but he said it's not. So whatever. All right, last game up. Uh, this one I'm pretty excited uh, to talk about. It is, of course, is NC State against Vanderbilt. Uh, I oh wait no that's not the national championship game sorry uh, Washington Alabama are you sure again Zach Cunningham is awesome and he deserves a bigger stage and he's just fantastic but yeah whatever Washington Alabama Ohio State Clemson I have Alabama Ohio State and then I have Alabama winning Alabama could play essentially any team in college football or maybe even the Browns and I would pick them to win uh, I actually have uh, in our Roar Lions Roar confidence pool. I have the maximum amount of points on Alabama to beat Washington, and the third highest amount of points on Alabama to beat Ohio State or Clemson. Like, yeah, it, they're they're just unfair this year. And even though their offensive coordinator is probably sidetrack looking at apartments in uh, Boca Raton, whatever. Uh, Nick, what do you have? Uh, what do you have in the national title game?
1: I have Alabama beating Clemson thirty-four to twenty, yeah. um, kind of like you said. It's I, it's not this Clemson team isn't as good as last year's Clemson team, and this Alabama team. I don't. Uh, I'm not sure if they're better or worse than last year's so team. They're probably, the defense is probably a little bit better. The offense is probably just a tick worse, but I don't know because Jalen Hurts has just been so good. So, I don't know. I, I think that Alabama, even if Ohio... if. If Ohio State gets the national championship, I think Alabama trashes Ohio State. I think Clemson could at least keep it close for a little while. But, yeah, I think Alabama wins pretty easily.
0: Yeah, Matt, do you have uh, the national championship game being a little less anticlimactic than the two of us? Or
2: Yeah, I, I have Alabama beating Clemson. as well. I mean, I didn't actually pick the game yet, but I, I think it'll be Alabama beating Clemson. Um just, I don't think Clemson is as well-built as it was last year to ch- really challenge Alabama like it did. And John Watson has not been running. He's still capable, but he's not been running like he did last year. They haven't been using him like that. And their offensive line just is not as good run blocking. And that's horrible news when you're going to play Alabama, which has literally one of the best run defenses in the history of football. And so I, I think Alabama's – you know, keeps getting better and better in terms of being built to defend spread offenses. Um, that you know, they've got lighter, a little bit more aggressive. They didn't, they didn't used to put up big sack numbers necessarily, but they have. You know, players like Ryan Anderson, Tim Williams coming off the edge. Jonathan Allen's a monster up front, <laughs> and you know, they're, and then you know, even with Eddie Jackson out, it's all five stars in the defensive backfield. You know, Marlon Humphrey, Micah Fitzpatrick are both superstars, and. They're oh all good. Every yeah. you could have put everybody on this defense on all America teams. I almost did, and <laughs> it. So you know, Clemson's really good and talented. They have a good defensive front. Clemson could force Jalen Hurts. You know, Jalen Hurts been great, but he, he's made some mistakes, and, and teams haven't really been able to capitalize enough on him. Clemson, more than those other teams, is able to do that because they're really good and they're in the playoff for a reason. Uh, so you know, with that defensive front and with you know Cordray Tankersley at corner and the talent Clemson has. Maybe they could force those mistakes and capitalize and maybe make a big play on defense, maybe make a big play on special teams and win the game. I, you know, I'm, I don't want to say Alabama's unbeatable because they're not, but I think Alabama's going to not be beaten, so <laughs> yeah. maybe they are unbeatable. <laughs> yeah. Um, you
0: actually made the one mistake that people make on this podcast, which is they come on and they mention make him Fitzpatrick because whenever you do that, Nick gets really sad. Um, yeah, former yeah. former almost Penn State recruit Minka Fitzpatrick, but yeah, the thought of like
2: maybe Hunter Renfro will dominate him like you did last year.
0: Maybe <laughs> I I was gonna say the thought of Mike Williams and Minka Fitzpatrick just like battling each other for four quarters seems like it would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah yeah, like I, I'm trying to think of a scenario where Alabama would lose. Uh, and well and hey, it's, it's possible. There, oh yes.
1: Quarter quarter by quarter S P plus their defense takes a real hit in the fourth quarter. In the first quarter their first, second quarter their third, third quarter, their first, and fourth quarter, they go all the way down to eighth. So you know <laughs> there's an opportunity there.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna say it almost seems to me like the way that you beat this Alabama team is you hope that you know a big moment gets to Jalen Hurts and You know, a defensive line like Clemson's, which has, again, lived in backfields this year, is able to get to him and really rattle him. The thing is, when you're betting on something to happen that hasn't really happened this year, it it just seems like you're putting too much faith in something that's way, way out there. Um, uh, My my big hope in that potential game is that O.J. Howard goes off again, because I like the thought of O.J. Howard being someone who is the most talented tight end in America, but he doesn't care unless he's playing for a national championship. Um, but yeah, like Alabama is a death machine. We, we should just sit here and submit to our new over for that is, that's all we can really do at this point. Um, yeah. Any other, any other bowl games that you guys want to talk about? Hmm. I, I think Boise against Baylor is going to be hilarious. Um, Let's see.
1: I'm just gonna I'm just gonna scroll scroll through and see if there's any gift packages I want to talk about.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. I'm
1: trying. the sun. Go the ahead. the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl isn't too bad. You got a red inflatable big lazy couch. What a Selco a Selka watch and Ogeo rucksack. What? What is it? Rucksack.
0: Is isn't a rucksack like what drifters like a piece of cloth that they put on a stick and they use to carry things around?
1: Sure. They get uh, Beats by Dre, Power Beats 2 headphones, and they get No Sweat Specialties socks. Ooh. So, overall, not bad. Good for you, South Alabama and Air Force.
0: Yeah, which I think I have Alabama winning, uh, Air Force winning that one-handedly. Uh,
1: yeah. The other one? Oh, oh the, uh, the Alamo Bowl. Oaky State in Colorado, they get Apple Watch, Nike Plus, mm-hmm. um, that $110 Ooh. Best Buy gift card, a MyCharge Hub portable charger, a panoramic team picture, and a mini helmet. That might be the best one.
0: I think so, and I think that's probably the perfect place to end this edition of the podcast. Uh, everyone, thank you uh, very much for listening. Matt, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Not any time. Uh, yeah, as you guys know, you should buy shirts and hoodies and all those fun things from us. Uh, subscribe to us on the various podcasting platforms. Follow us on all forms of social media. Keep reading the site. Keep sharing stuff. Uh, we always really appreciate that. And, yeah, thank you very much for listening. For my co-host, Nick Polak. follow Follow Matt,
1: too. We'll tell you Oh, yes, yes.
0: You should definitely – like, I don't know why you wouldn't be following Matt right now, but at MattBrownCFB on Twitter, there are a million Matt Browns. He's the one that has CFB in his handle. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you do that. And then, again, just keep supporting the site. We all – We really appreciate it, and we hope that uh, now that this football season's wrapping up, next football season, we can do some really fun stuff. Uh, For my co-host, Nick Polak, I am Bill DeFilippo. Thank you very much for listening, everyone.